0: Good morning church my name is richard holloway my wife and i moved here to new york four months ago Uh, we serve here in the brooklyn ministry alongside my sister daisy aguaya we are loving new york we love being here you know 32 years ago i was minding my own business in boston and um, a few people showed up from the new york city church and they were recruiting africans to come back to africa to preach the gospel and um, i moved here to new york in may of 1989 to join the rest of the mission team headed to kenya and uh, spent 15 years in different parts of africa then we moved back to the u.s in 2004 spent 10 years in atlanta and then uh, we went down to plant the church in corpus christi texas we did that for about five years and then uh, we moved here to new york four months ago. We are loving New York. I love this city. New York is very much like the city I grew up in. I grew up in Lagos, Nigeria. It has about 20 million people in it. And so New York, having a population of 9 million, this is just awesome. I feel like I'm back home, but uh, I want to say thank you to the New York city church for all your support, financial support, for all your prayers, for all your encouragement over the years for the work in Africa. Right now in Africa, we have 13,600 disciples, and I praise God for that. I praise God for your sacrifice. I praise God for your love. I praise God for all the work and all the sacrifice that you guys have done over the last several decades. We love being in New York. It's been great being with the elders and Sam and Cynthia Powell and the rest of the New York City staff. You know, we came this time last year asking, you know, what do we do to, to come join this awesome staff? And so we're here now, we're thanking God, and we're loving every minute. Over the last several weeks, we've been talking about the armor of God. From Ephesians chapter 6, from verses 10 to 18. And Paul reminds us that we're in a spiritual battle. Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God. Because you and I are fighting against invisible enemies. The enemy already has an advantage over us in the sense that he can see us, but we can't see him. And so God tells us to put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness. To put on the shoes of the gospel. To, put, to take up our shield. To put on the helmet of salvation and then to carry the sword of the spirit. I want you to notice six of the weapons that are described. Five of them are defensive. Only one is offensive. We are fighting with truth, righteousness, the gospel, faith, and salvation. And so it tells us twice in Ephesians chapter 6 to put on the full armor of God. Because if Satan can find your weaknesses, let me tell you something. he's going to exploit it. He will find it and he will exploit it. And so I hope as we go through this series, and as we break down every single armor part, you and I as Christians will put on God's armor so that we can fight the devil. This morning... I'm talking about our feet fitted with the gospel of peace. Obviously, we wear shoes on our feet. Shoes protect our feet. They give us traction when we walk. And shoes give us the ability to almost go anywhere. But before I go any further, what is the gospel anyhow? The gospel, in summary, is the fact that Jesus came into this world, lived, he died for our sins, he was buried, and then he rose again. And then after that, he went back to heaven after giving instructions to the apostles to go spread the gospel and that's the gospel in a nutshell the Bible says it's good news the gospel is good news in Isaiah 52 verse 7 it says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news back in Old Testament and New Testament times most cities will have a watchtower and when people went out to battle there'll be somebody on the watchtower waiting for news about how the battle was going and Tradition tells us that based on you know, the messenger on his, on his way back, depending on the way they're running and they're moving their feet, they can tell, they could tell if the, if, if the news coming back from the battlefield was good news or bad news. It says here that our feet are beautiful because we're bringing people good news. We're bringing people the news of the gospel that Jesus died for us and one day because of his death, burial and resurrection on the cross, you and I get a chance to be with him forever in heaven. So, the good news is about spreading the gospel. It's about helping people get to the other side. You know how it is when you receive good news? When you get that A on that uh, test, that final that you've been studying hard for. That's great news. That's good news. You know, you, you're calling to the boss's office and you're thinking, oh, I'm about to get laid off, and it gives you a promotion. That's good news. You buy a new house. Your offer on the house that you made was accepted. That's good news. Your son or your daughter is getting married. They found the love of their life. That's good news. The doctor tells you, you're now cancer free. That's good news. I experienced that a few years ago. You see, when we experience good news, we can't help but want to share it. Nobody has to tell us to go and tell other people the good news that we have. And so this morning, I want to make two quick points. By looking at Jesus... And asking ourselves, how did he spread the gospel? How did he spread the good news? In John chapter 4, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, beginning verse 4, it says, Now he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. In other words... About noon, When a Samaritan came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water and the conversation goes on. The first thing I want us to do, just like Jesus did here, my first point this morning, messenger, open your mouth. Messengers, open your mouth. Jesus was constantly moving around talking about the kingdom of God. This Samaritan woman comes over at noon to fetch water. The account just tells us that the apostles are going to town to buy food. And Jesus sat down by the well. Brothers and sisters, I'm not convinced that Jesus was even interested in drinking any water because the story never tells us that he drank any water from this lady. But Jesus, being God, he knew the lady was coming. And so he he placed himself at a very strategic place such that when this woman showed up, notice, he starts the conversation. The woman is very surprised because The Bible tells us that Jews did not associate with Samaritans. Okay, Racism is not new. Prejudice is not new. It's been going on for for a long time. Okay, But notice what Jesus does. This woman is not just a Samaritan. She's a woman. Back in that culture, a lot of times men did not speak to women. And so Jesus broke through those barriers and started a conversation. And like they say, the rest is history. You got to open your mouth. Preaching the gospel is one of the ways we overcome the evil one. You say you may say right now, okay, Richard, you're, you're talking about evangelism. You're talking uh, you're putting pressure on me. You don't see my name next to any of these verses? I'm not the person who said go into all the world and preach and whoever believes and is baptized will be saved. I'm not I'm not the one who said, you know, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit. That's not me, that's Jesus. If you're feeling any pressure, then your pressure is coming from God. Then your pressure is coming from the Bible. Reaching out to people and spreading the gospel is not something that this church came up with. We're simply trying to obey what the Bible teaches. It's all in there. Again, the conversation goes on. Jesus opens his mouth. And so you and I need to open our mouths with our neighbors. I mean, I love being in New York. We've been here now four months. And, uh, you know, it takes us an hour to find parking. And so... We, we finally figured it out, where on Fridays, when our side of the street is being swept, we go grocery shopping, we come back, and uh, the moment the, the street sweeper goes by, I'm right back in there. But you got to stay in the car until 1 p.m., if not, you're going to get a ticket. And I don't want a ticket. I got one already. But anyway, at 1 p.m., you can see everybody getting out of their cars. And so I've been using it as an opportunity to meet my neighbors, and it's been fantastic and, and exchanging telephone numbers. And they're always asking, so what are you doing here? I'm a preacher. And it's been wonderful. But you see, you got to open your mouth. It's not rocket science. We're introducing people to Jesus. That's what it's all about. But we need to start with our families. God sent the message through a messenger. Okay? You and I are responsible for sharing the gospel. I was reached out to. Back in 1985, I'll never forget it was on a Saturday. I was in the law library studying in Gainesville, Florida. And I'd gone across to this convenience store called Wilbert's. And uh, I saw people, you know, their cars parked all over the place. They were, you know, grilling and stuff. And I'm like, what in the world is going on? And somebody said, oh, they're tailgating. I said, tail what? They said, oh, they're tailgating. They're on their way to the game. I was like, wow, okay. So I went in there, grabbed some, some stuff. And this guy, I'm standing in the line on the checkout line. And this guy taps my shoulder. He introduces himself. He invites me to church. And I remember I took his card and I said, thank you. You know, I'll, I'll check it out. And I went back into the library. And I'll never forget, as I was walking in with men that took guts. I mean, yeah, people have invited me to all kinds of things before, but nobody has ever invited, invited me to church. But he had the courage to introduce me and, and, and invite me to church. I didn't go the first time. Later on, I went. And I said, wait a second. There's a guy in, 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 in this church that invited me to church one time. He works in a bank. And he's amazing. Geneville, who was studying Bible with me at the time, who had invited me a second time when I found Ross McKenzie. Ross McKenzie is now one of the elders in the North River Church of Christ in Atlanta, Georgia. And I am here today, almost 35 years later as a Christian, because of that invitation. And so brothers and sisters, we need to continue to invite people. We need to continue to open up our mouths. A survey was done one time, and people were asked, what was responsible for you coming to Christ? Was it the preacher Was it the kids' program? It was none of that. As a matter of fact, 79% of the people who surveyed said they attended church because a relative or friend invited them. You see, inviting people to church is the beginning of sharing the gospel. That's all it is. It's the beginning of sharing our faith. And so I'm asking you this morning, how is that going? How's it been going? Reaching out to non-Christians, reaching out to people who don't know God. God has put us into a, into his kingdom for such a time as this. God calls us to go, to go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Are you still reaching out to people, even during this pandemic? You know, it's uh, it's been exciting to see people coming to Christ because now we're studying the Bible with people via Zoom. You know, they're home. They don't have to go get a babysitter. After they put their kids down to bed, they can get in front of the computer and we can study the Bible together. Brothers and sisters, we need to continue to take advantage of this. New York City is the largest city in America. With over 9 million people in it. It's a big place. We got a lot of work to do. Would you believe that you and I can convert the entire world from this place? But it's going to take all of us really spreading the gospel, opening up our mouths, Making sure that the gospel is moving. And it starts with a simple invitation. Brothers and sisters, a church that would not evangelize, will fossilize. What is sharing your faith anyhow? It's telling other people what God has done for you. How God has changed your life. I, you know, I, I love it when I'm talking to strangers, when I'm talking to my family members, I'm talking to old friends about, you know, let me tell you why I have the marriage I have. Let me tell you why I have the, the daughters that I have. Let me tell you why my life is this way. That's what sharing your faith is. And when people realize that, you know what, God is working for you, they say, you know what, let me give this God a chance. Let me give him a try. That's what we're talking about. Are you going to continue to reach out to people? A.W. Tozer once said, What's closest to your heart is what you talk about. And if God is close to your heart, you will talk about him. Brothers and sisters, let us continue to open up our mouths. But it starts with our families. It starts with our kids. I want my daughters to be with me in heaven. I'm sure you do the same thing. You you want the same thing for your children. But it starts for us by praying for them. Praying for them to fall in love with God. Praying that they will know this God that you and I serve deeply. And then being the example that you need to be at home. Mom and dad. They can see you different when you come to church than when you are at the house. Kids can... spark hypocrisy very quickly. we got to be the same people. And one day, prayerfully, they're going to say, you know what, I want to get to know this God that my my dad is so fired up about. I want to get to know this God that my my dad is so devoted to. That's what it's all about. Be a great Christian at home. Keep praying for your families. And you watch what God does. Secondly, very quickly, messengers telling others the message. Messengers telling others the message. Again, we're very familiar with the account. Jesus conversing with this lady. And um, Jesus says, by the way, go call your husband. And she goes, uh, I'm not married. Jesus says, yeah, you're right when you say you're not married. As a matter of fact, you've had five husbands. And she tries to change the subject. You can go read the, the account. Okay, It's all in here, in John chapter 4. She tries to change the subject. And uh, they're talking about where the Jews are meant to worship, whether it's in Jerusalem or Mount Gerizim. And the lady goes, Yeah, this Messiah is coming. When he shows up, he's going to explain all these things to us. And Jesus says, I am the Messiah. He basically tells her in verse 26, I who speak to you am he. What a moment. This the Bible tells us that this lady left her water jar. She went back into the village and she goes, Come and meet a man who told me who has ever told me everything I've ever done. And just before she left, the apostles came back and they were surprised that he was speaking to a woman. They were very surprised that Jesus was speaking to this Samaritan woman. So the lady goes back into town, she brings the village, she brings people out. Say, You gotta meet this guy, you gotta meet this Messiah. I want you to notice in the account. The apostles went to town. There were 12 of them at that point. They went to town to buy food. They didn't come back with anybody. They didn't reach out to anybody. This woman goes back into town. This woman who's had five husbands, she goes back in and brings people out to Jesus. So much so that Jesus spends a few more days in that place. You see, that's what people do that are saved. That's what you and I have been doing for years. Because we are saved, we go tell other people about it. We can't help but tell other people about it. The, 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 the message is not meant to stop with us. It's not meant to end with us. We need to continue to pass it on. The Bible describes the, 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 the life as a, as a, as a race. It's, this is a real race. Somebody handed me the baton of the gospel 35 years ago. And since then, I've been handing the baton off to others. I am, I, I'm still going, even as I'm running the race with us. That's what the gospel is all about. Messengers who are telling others the message that's what we're talking about you know um we just celebrated christmas and you know how it is where a lot of packages are coming through through the mail and um our apartment is on the first floor in our in our apartment building and i was stepping out one day to pick up a package i'd ordered and i saw a package for a lady on the next street and it was it was heavy i was like there's no way in the world i can take this over so i went over there and i I pressed all the doorbells, and this lady came down and says, you know what, I said, "I introduced myself, I said, you know what, you have a package, but it's sitting our, in, our, in our building. Uh, and she goes, okay, my husband is not here. When he comes back, I'll ask him to come pick it up. And so later the next day, the package was gone, so I figured the husband must have picked it up. A week later, another package is left for the same, for the same lady, and I'm like, what's, what's, what's going on with these FedEx and UPS people? You know, but anyway, so I took the the package over again and she thanked me profusely. I can't wait to go back after COVID and, you know, really start having a conversation with her and her husband. Very nice lady. But the point is this. FedEx and UPS, they're meant to deliver packages. The packages do not belong to them. Can you imagine if FedEx, the FedEx people and and the UPS guys and the Amazon guys, they keep all your packages? You're not going to be very happy. Because it doesn't belong to them. You and I are meant to pass this thing on. you got to make sure that it gets to the right destination. That's what it's all about. God saved us so that we can save others. God is asking us to to spread the word. To reach out to others. we got a lot of work to do. What you and I are doing is not just having people live a good life. We're talking about where they're going to spend eternity. What you and I are doing will echo in eternity. You know that line from the movie Gladiator? When Maximus said, what you do in life will echo in eternity. So what is going to be the outcome of you and I wearing our gospel shoes? There's going to be every nation in heaven. There's going to be every tribe in heaven. Every people, every language. That's what it talks about in Revelation chapter 7. It's going to be tremendous. Some of us, we've lost our dreams. We've stopped dreaming about being used powerfully by God. As long as you and I are alive, God is not through with us yet. We need to continue to preach the gospel. I love those of us that are older because you and I have two things that the youth don't have. We have money and we have experience in the sense of we've been through so many things in life. We've fallen down and we've picked ourselves back up. We've fallen down and people have helped us get up. And we need to use that experience to really reach out and to help other people. And then all the things we've learned, we need to pass it to the next generation and teach them and carry them along. The eternity of many is at stake. You know, what we're doing in this life is going to echo for all eternity. Right now, as we close out Black History Month, I want to remember three good friends of mine that I consider heroes. Men that gave their lives for the cause of Jesus Christ, and now they're in paradise. I'm talking about Wilner Conley, Damien Jean-Baptiste, They were both baptized in the church in Boston. And then my homeboy, Onyechi Emeka Oguaya. They were preachers like me. There was one point during during my cancer battle, I thought I was going to be next. But God has kept me alive for a reason. I'll never forget when I got my first 0.0 PSA, I went all over Corpus Christi telling people the good news. Nobody had to tell me. I was all over the place telling people that, man, I'm cured. I'm cured of cancer. It's a big deal. I'm hugging people. I'm, I'm, I'm hugging strangers and inviting them to church. It was awesome. That's what we're talking about. Just like these men have gone on. They've preached the gospel and now they've gone on to receive their reward. One day you and I are going to cross over and go receive our reward. And so in conclusion, I want us to remember this in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight, It says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm, Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know, we're we're going to have communion now. The gospel is about telling others what Jesus did for us. A messenger of Christ reached out to us and told us the message of the cross. And as a result, you and I, we've been called to go also spread that message. That Jesus came into this world to die for us. On the third day, he resurrected. And he brought us redemption. And because of his deathbed and resurrection, one day, we get to spend eternity with God. It is going to be wonderful. It is going to be the happiest day of your life. When you and I cross over to an incredible eternity with God. Where there is no pain, no sorrow, no devil, no sin. Let us continue to spread the gospel so that thousands and thousands of people that are living right here in new york city will get a chance to hear the gospel let us pray our father who is in heaven father we thank you god for this morning thank you for waking us up thank you father for the men and women that reached out to us and told us about jesus we thank you for jesus dying for us on the cross father be with us now help us never to take the cross for granted but help us father daily to share the good news that Jesus died for us, and as a result, we have eternal redemption with you. Father, we love you. We ask and pray all this in the precious and mighty name of your son, Jesus. And the church said, Amen.